Welcome to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. It's time to make mental health a normal conversation with your host, Shane Kelton. Welcome to the first official guest podcast of 2021. I am with uh, the journeyman coach, Steve White. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for being here. It's, uh, I'm excited. You Did I ask you to come on here? You know, you suggested it. Um, Bit of both. Yeah, like, I think well, we've sort of spoken about it and I, yeah, I think I messaged you and yeah. said, let's do it. I'm just taking my headphones off. There might yeah. be a little bit of sound there, but that's okay. Um, so Steve and I met about... It's almost a year. I think it's exactly a year, pretty much. I reckon it was a bit long. I, was, I reckon it was around March. It was just before lockdown. Barefoot Brothers. Yeah. I think it was December. It was coming up to New Year's. It was before New... Maybe it was just... Maybe no, December was, or Jan. I yeah, it must have been. Maybe it was Jan, because I only came to the first one. Yeah. And I got busy. And then, yeah, sorry, the end of it was when COVID hit. Because mm. they... Yeah, it was week six. They couldn't do or week eight or whatever it was. I think it was from like week three or four. Oh, okay. It was online. Oh, I missed was a couple online. online yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met that first night. We connected grappling each other. <laughs> we were wrestling. <laughs> yeah, we were wrestling. It was good fun. It was actually... I um, actually really enjoyed the whole concept of the session, to be honest. We did... Yeah, it was good. What did we do? We did the grappling. We did a bit of physical exercise. Were you there work. for the Wim Hof one? Yeah, yeah, Wim Hof, yeah. Wim Hof. Um, openly talking about things, writing, journaling. Mm. So it really incorporated this mental health yeah, yeah. spectrum really of, but also incorporated some physical and nutritional health. So yeah, it was, it was great. Um, yeah. So I was actually spewing that I actually couldn't, com- I wanted to commit to the whole lot mm. and then life got pretty hectic. So yeah. Um, yeah, missed out, but connected with you. And I think there's a couple of others I still see on Facebook and stuff like that. So I'm going, okay. So and there's a couple that aren't going so well, but that's, that's life. That's life. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, a very open question. That very open question. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Well, Steve. Now, currently, you you have a business journeyman coaching, which yep. we'll probably touch on more towards the end. Yep. Um, you have a partner. I do. Three kids. Three kids. Two and a two and a half. Two two kids of my own and a stepson. Like two and a half, what the other one's got? Well, no, half yeah. mine, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, 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 so yeah stepson. Step uh, yeah. How old are they? Uh, stepson, he will be 11 in March. My son just turned 10 in December, started December, and my daughter is turned four in August. How old are you? I'm 35. Oh, yeah, nice. started nice. young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 32 and having my first just before 33, so it's yeah. completely different. <laughs> I'll be coming to it to advice, but I guess when you're 25, you should remind me differently. It's, uh, yeah, I've definitely grown a lot in those 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, some forced and some yes. just naturally maturing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've openly chatted um, together about some of both of our struggles, but... I guess what we want to talk, we don't want to talk about me today, but we want to talk about you. And I guess the first thing, just to paint the perspective, is what was your you know early child like up to ten years of age? And you yeah. know, I don't know what's going to come up in this conversation, and no one does. But for the listener, it's it's a really good way of painting the picture because it doesn't matter how good or bad you have as a kid, you can still have trauma and mm. stuff like that. So absolutely, yeah. Yeah. What what was life like for you? Uh, so early days, I remember 
growing up at my grandparents. My parents separated when I was, <clears throat> I was two. My, uh, yeah, roughly two. My mum was pregnant with my brother um, and I have an older sister as well. Um, so I'm the middle child. Um, but yeah, I remember growing up. So when they separated, we moved into our grandparents' place. Um, so I just remember growing up there. Um, good times, fun, fun childhood. Um, you know, spending days out in the streets, playing with kids in the street, you know, be behind, be home by dinner kind of stuff. Um, just out all day. Um, footy, cricket. Um, yeah, pretty good childhood. I suppose I always felt a little bit like I was missing something. Mm. Um, and that's probably obviously come from dad leaving when I was young. Um, but yeah, reasonably happy, like no real struggles. Yeah. And like, so I didn't know where that was going to go, but it, it's so similar with a lot of people as kids. Mm. You have a traumatic ha event happen but you actually don't even understand what's happening. Like, mm. it's just normal. You, yeah. you know, you just, or you, you have this life in front of you, you just live it. It's then later down the track where you yeah. start to, to realise, hang on a minute, something's not actually yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But when you're so young, grappling with those things is just, it's not possible, mm. really. Even if, even when you say, even as a kid, if you're like, I don't, something's not right here, that's the end of it. Mm. You don't have the yeah, yeah. ability to actually figure out what's, figure what's out really what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Even if people explain it to you as a kid, it's like, what? Yeah. This isn't normal. Yeah. Yeah. But it's normal for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we off air, we, we did speak about it. Your brother hasn't met your dad. Uh, yeah. I, as, as far as I know, they've never met. No. I mean, uh, look, not that he would remember. Yeah. Cause we were actually speaking to it at a, we have a family boxing day kind of thing every year um, with extended family. And, and I think I said to him, have you ever actually met him? And he said, no. He, he, so he would have met him when he was one or two. Yeah, yeah. But not memorable. he can't remember yeah. ever seeing him, yeah. Is it, is it something you're more open to talk about today? Like, is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's, what's it like knowing that you probably had that big chunk of potentially childhood missing mm. now like he's um, we might be jumping we might be jumping the gun a little bit here but is it looking back just as objectively could you see you know a younger version of you that actually did really struggle with that yeah absolutely now looking back now i remember looking back it's funny i was thinking about it on the way here i remember looking at kids with you know both parents and just thinking fuck i wish i had you know i wish yeah. i could have had that like i i grew up out the front kicking the footy by myself my brother wasn't too much into it. Um, just being out, having a kick. He's big and in, he's involved in women's football now, but it's off topic a bit. Um, but yeah, I was just, I grew up out the front just by myself kicking the footy. You know, my grandpa was a bit old, like, you know, was, yeah. so couldn't really physically do it. Um, so I remember looking at kids in that aspect and thinking, fuck, I wish I had that. Mm. Um, but yeah, absolutely looking back now, as an adult um, and definitely realizing the impact it had. Like that's, I've, I've done a lot of work around that over the last, yeah, year and a bit, I suppose, mm. um, around what it was like for me growing up without a dad and yeah. the impact that had. 
what was it like? You know, you spoke about you were happy, but you also spoke about looking back. Maybe there wasn't a there was, there was obviously a gap, little little gap missing, which you didn't understand at the time. What was it like as you started to develop through teenage years? Because that's when a, you start to understand things a little bit more, mm. which can be very difficult. What what was that like for you? Um, teenage days were. I mean, like, like my childhood were pretty good, but I just always felt like I was a bit different or thought a bit different or there was something missing, yeah. but didn't really connect, I suppose, what that was. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I say, you know, in, in inverted commas, I would say, <laughs> um, normal teenage days you know binge drinking and all that sort of stuff which isn't the best thing to do <laughs> yeah. but you know like that was you know normal for us whatever yeah um but yeah just I don't know, childhood and teenage days were just at the time i suppose felt kind of normal like you know i played footy growing up and um that was what i did every weekend even through summer i was out kicking the footy like and actually, a lot of my friends' uh, parents weren't separate. Were were separated. Like a lot of yeah, a lot of people were in the same boat. It was never spoken about mm. what it was like. But um, yeah, it's amazing looking back now and and how many people were living with just one parent. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's funny you bring that. It's for the first time today. I actually thought about my closest friends and realised that only. One or two of the parents, two of the group of six are actually together. Mm. And my parents were the last to separate. So they separated when I was in my 20s. But I remember I really struggled with the fact that I didn't feel like I didn't want to talk to about it. Mm. There, was, there was still like this, you can't talk about this kind of thing. Yeah. So I remember I reached out to one friend who, um, ha- who had had their parents separate in very similar circumstances to mine. And I just chatted with them a couple of times over a weekend and it was it made it a whole lot easier just to understand and by just having a conversation and expressing how I was upset. Mm. Because I guess when your parents separate, it's different at different ages. But for me, um, in my 20s, I thought I had to be like strong and I had to be, I wasn't allowed to be upset or angry or whatever. And so I had a lot of built up yeah, event to motion. So yeah, likewise. Yeah, you just need to speak about it, and mm-hmm. if it's, there's more issues that you have to do the work, which we will talk about. Um, so, I suppose that was definitely one thing. Um, Realising later on in life, and now I'm quite open about anything. Um, but growing up, we didn't speak about anything. Our family didn't speak about emotions or anything like that. You know, so it just it was like I was just having years of built up kind of. Um, stuff inside me that just, yeah, we didn't, you know, my mum was a single mum with three kids. Um, my dad got caught having an affair when she was, when she was pregnant with my brother, like it was, so it was brutal for her. Yeah. Um, so there was obviously a lot of built up stuff in my mum as well. And, you know, anger around that. And yeah, we just, we we were never an open kind of family. Like we Mm. never spoke about anything. And now having a partner now who is the most open person in the world, like we'll just speak about everything, which was like <laughs> confronting for me at the start. Yeah. And hurt my, a lot of my um, 
journey and growth has happened because of her. She's credit to a lot of it, um, helping me. Uh, yeah, learn. well, with how yeah, learn yeah how open I am now, and I've still I feel like I've still got a lot to go. I suppose you never stop growing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's very similar. Like, despite my parents being together, we still didn't talk about anything. Mm. We we didn't know about emotions or sad like anger and sadness was like your boy don't be angry yeah or like don't yeah. you can't don't cry don't like, cry yeah. it, and it it's not a parent's fault it's just the way it's been brought up yeah but as we know generational evolve generations evolve mm. but i think we always get caught behind that natural evolution yeah. and we're still stuck in the old ways and um i have no doubt with our kids growing up there'll be other, there'll be some of the things that we need to adjust for them mm. Rather than, and I, I see, it, I see it all the time now. We see it with technology with kids when parents feel insecure because a kid's crying, they'll hand them something. Mm. That, but that's what they say: "Oh, I need to stop my kid crying." No, you don't. But you actually don't. Like, let it out. Yeah, let it out. <laughs> the only reason you're stopping it is because you're insecure. Mm. Yep. So, what we we our generation will do, and I know we'll probably do it a little bit, and. I'll hopefully learn and pick that up pretty quickly, but I think a lot of us will do it is we'll push our insecurities and anxieties onto these kids because yeah, we're absolutely. worried rather than letting them live mm. and stuff like that. So I think, would you say you're a sensitive type of person? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Do you, do you find that naturally being like that, you were more probably closed off as a kid because you didn't want to be seen as Yeah, yeah, sensitive? yeah, for sure, yeah. That's, I've never... Really looked into that oh, deeply, but yeah, no, yeah. Me back there. yeah. <laughs> you cracked it. <laughs> I, I, only, I only ask that because I'm the same. Yeah. Like, so I, I get it, and I believe 100. percent And I've spoken to Alicia about this a couple of times. I believe that people come into your life who are very similar when you're ready to actually explore. Yeah. That. And yeah. I think we're probably both pretty similar like that. Yeah. We're both very open. We're both very raw. We're both grew up having no emotional mm. maturity at all, yeah. but that have now like gone probably the opposite way <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. and then we've got to still try and find that balance yeah. of what's healthy and not yeah. um so that's why yeah i just wanted to put it out there and i guess that's what my tattoo is by the way that's that's a fox is a really sensitive animal oh yeah right yeah cool. so i try and embrace that sensitivity yeah you know, absolutely not in a why me way but uh mm. you know sometimes i am sensitive and i've got to understand that there's a time and a place mm. for that i don't always get it right yeah no absolutely it's a it's a an ongoing learning curve. Like you just gotta, yeah, like you say, find that medium. You know. I mean, we talk talk about it at my work where you this suffering and this unnecessary suffering. Mm. We will all suffer in life at times, but it's that unnecessary suffering which we can erode and get away from. And it's when we make a mistake or when we do something that's out of character. We can either go through the natural progression of being upset, angry, ashamed, guilty, but it's when we sit in it, mm. don't actually do anything about it. That's when it's unnecessary. It really is unnecessary. It's a resistance to life's events. Yeah. You can't, there's events that are going to happen that you, you just can't control. It's just, but your resistance to that is what's going to hold you down, yeah. you know? And I, I probably think we've probably seen that more than ever in the last year with mm. the pandemic is these expectations that everything's going to just come to us and mm. we deserve everything in the world mm. a sense of entitlement yeah yeah um, for sure which is really fun to watch when you <laughs> understand it all yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can see what's happening with the people around you yeah. and you're like ah oh, 
This is probably what I was doing two years ago. Mm, yeah. With not a pandemic, with just life. Yeah. Like, expecting yeah. things to just keep coming our way. Yeah. Um, without any work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to gloss over anything, but what was the first time you realised that maybe you had some mental health issues or some troubles or... Um, or, or even if you didn't recognise it, when did you, when do you look back and think it really started? Probably really started when, what's the year now? So my best mate committed suicide in 2000. I don't know the date. I don't care about the date. So that's why I don't know it. Yeah. Uh, it was 2007 or 2008. Um, so his birthday is the only date I really remember. And yeah, yeah. Um, celebrate that day. Um, but yeah, that was probably the time where I had started yeah i suppose started to think um after that there's some shit going on Mm. i didn't start sorting anything out i started to uh finding it finding out you've got shit going on is hard enough to actually then take the next step which i'm sure we'll talk about with your coaching but yeah yeah 100 percent. i think you find out stuff and you Mm. know never work on it straight away no even if you try to you're not actually doing it you're just trying to please yourself or yeah we just yeah, just pushing it down, which is what I'd always done, was just push it down, just push it down, just push it down. And then it would come out in rage or, you know. Um, so I like to explain as a volcano sitting mm, there and bubbling, bubbling and away, boiling yeah. and bubbling and then you throw some more yeah, yeah. in and then bang, mm. explosion. Yeah. Which I think is probably a lot of people on, that have been on the podcast have probably done throughout their yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm sure there's, I, I doubt there's anyone that hasn't done it. Um, that... Yeah, that doesn't let things bubble Unless away. Unless you're and then... the perfect communicator. Pardon? Unless you're a perfect, yeah. you're perfect communication, which no one is. No, so, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can be a really good communicator, but you, I, I doubt they ever always were, you know? Mm. Like, it's always a ongoing kind of, like I said, learning experience, yeah. Um, but that would have been the first time I was like, um, there's some stuff going on. But then I just started binge drinking and... I was working away in Sydney at the time it happened um, with uh, just a bunch of friends, like knockabout guys that we were just out every night drinking. And so it just got worse and worse drinking. Mm. Um, And then there was experimenting with other stuff um, that I got to a point where I was like, I can't go out unless I have some of this stuff. Like, Yeah. So so. that's anxiety. Yeah. 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 If you don't have it, you're not going to have... Yeah, it's not going to have a good time. I won't be able to talk to anyone. What if I, what if I'm uncomfortable? And then when I'd, you know, it was speed what I was doing. As soon as I'd have it, you know, it was like I was a different person. I had all this confidence and, you know, so, um, yeah, that got worse and worse. I remember some, some other, a group of friends kind of intervention kind of thing sat me down and they were like, what are you doing? You got to stop. I was like, nah, I'm all good. I'm all right. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm fine. And I never listened to them. And looking back, I think about that often. You know, if I had to listen to them, like, where would I have been or what I've done, you know? Yeah. Um, but it might have been, it, it's funny, it might have been too soon for you to actually face it. Yeah, it was, stuff. yeah. And the emotional maturity wouldn't have been there. No. And that can make it really difficult to actually have breakthrough success. Mm. So that's why yeah. I don't think anyone can look back. And I'm not saying you're doing this, but listeners out there don't look back and say, I wish I did something earlier. Because mm. the reality is you probably weren't in the right mm. environment or space to actually do it. Yeah, absolutely. 
And life does happen with purpose and reason behind it. You, mm. ha- you have to believe that or why would you be here? Yeah. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't, no one lives without a belief or a purpose or a passion. Mm. So what, what was it like? What was it like being put in an intervention style room? I'm thinking of um, How I Met Your Mother where they have the <laughs> intervention. I've never style. really, I've only watched bits and pieces, so I don't know the bit <laughs> no, you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, I suppose it was good to know these guys care for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I was just like, no, I'm all good. I'm all right. It's sweet. Like, and then it just kind of, it was, it was just kind of dropped and that was it. It was never spoken about again. So with the, with what you know now with your, um, knowledge in learning through yourself, but also through um study can you look back now and what i mean i won't put words into me but what do you look back and see with who you were then like why did you say you were fine why did you say you're all good because deep down you wouldn't have believed that well talking about things was never something i was comfortable with so i was never going to admit that i had issues or you know because back then i think even still so yeah what was it what are we 2021 this was yeah 13 14 odd years ago. Yeah, so around 20, 21, 22. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was never gonna admit any sort of mm. issue back then. Like, obviously things have changed a lot in that last 10 years, but I don't, there was still stigma around being open or yeah. talking, you know, you're a pussy, you know, don't be, don't be soft, be a man, like yeah. all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, that would have been weighing on my mind um all that sort of stuff being judged yeah as yeah. uh, so i was gonna go with it, it was, yeah fear that again that fear of being judged yeah. which is an anxiety again yeah. it's this i'm about to open up but mm. what's probably going to come back at me is this yeah quick like small remarks and judgment yeah yeah what if they laugh at me what are they you know like yeah it's, i think this is a really good topic because if people think that someone has a problem we need to breach it with a non-judgment and, mm. and ask questions mm. instead of we think you've got this problem why not say this is what we're noticing do you think it's a problem mm. if they think it's a problem or don't okay why like we're not we want to understand mm. not judge you we just want to really get an understanding and knowledge about what's happening here because yeah. what we're seeing isn't the person we you know attribute you to be Mm. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the work can be done around changing the whole mental illness, mental health issues problem because there is a lot of people out there with these problems. So oh, it's funny, like my group of friends, there's at least half of them with mental health issues, mm. but the others wouldn't know about them yeah. because they've only come to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, is that a real friendship group? To me, that isn't. No. And that's really hard for me because I can't, and won't betray their trust. Mm. I'm not going to tell the others who's come to me for advice in the last few years because that's just not who I am. But at the same time, I'm sitting there and going, is this what a real group of friends is like? We don't actually... Speak call. about your yeah. issues or, yeah. You, know, you, you mate, can't be open. Your mates are struggling, but you can't even be open. Mm. And the, the, the reason people aren't open is, as you said, it's fear of being judged, mm. fear of being shut down or suppressed. So you open yeah. up, you're just putting another plug on top of it. So... What, what sort of happened after the intervention and the suicide of a friend? Like, you know, through that period of time, drugs, alcohol, what was to follow? 
Um, it was probably not, it would have been within the next year that I met Blake's mum. Um, and then very quickly we uh, had Blake. I think we'd only been together about nine months. Um, and then, yeah, then the, then the, then the parenting struggle <laughs> started. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, going back to childhood, I, I didn't have anyone, I didn't get taught how to shave. I, you know, any of the manly things, the manly things. Yeah, in, um, like in a genuine shaving. Yeah, yeah. Thing yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so I was never, I mean, my grandpa was always there and he was a very, um, he wasn't a communicator either. Um, it was only later in life that he opened up a lot after our grandma died. Um, but he was, you know, he was doing the blokey things around the yard, like fixing everything and all that sort of stuff. But, but I was never taught how to be a dad, what it is to be a dad or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I've really struggled with being a parent. I, I, you know, whether it was, I don't, it, it wasn't a diagnosis or anything like that, but I feel like I had postnatal depression, mm. um, which men can experience. Um, yeah, I hated it. Mm. The first, first year or so was hell. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, like kudos to you because it's something that I've been researching a lot lately is yeah, postnatal depression in men. It's, mm. And who was I, I was speaking to someone about this and it might have been in one of the consults with a doctor mm. was, yeah, yes, it's mainly about the female, but they're actually starting to now say to the male, there is classes you can attend, you as counselling session, which when you were going to be a dad, there would have been none of it. You're almost forgotten as a male. But Yeah, there was, like we did your standard like three or four um, I can't remember, birthing classes, I think. Yeah. And there was not, I can't remember anything spoken about the health of men after. Because um, when people yeah. say postnatal depression or anxiety, they don't think of men ever. No. That, you not, even me. Yeah. And I know it, but you always think of the female. But the reality is both yeah. can get it. Well, I'd never even heard about it until I reckon Blake was probably three or four. And I was like, Jesus, that sounds like me. Like reading about it, I think I, I must have read about it or something. And yeah, so I'd never even heard about it. I was like, yeah, I was, I was in a dark depression. Yeah, I, mm. yeah, it was not fun. We were, we, were, we were pumped. We couldn't wait to have our son and, you know, um, we were excited. But then, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. It was tough. Yeah. So I, and it's, it's, I don't think any parent really knows what they're doing. So, yeah, so true. That, yeah. That's, I mean... Yes, there's A, so then you put extra pressure on yourself. But again, that's just being allowed to be open to friends and family. And then mm. saying, you know what? I'm putting my hand up. I'm actually struggling with this. Mm. What can I, can you give me some advice? Can you, and most of the advice would be you are doing a great job. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, take the pressure off, mm. which is fine. And that's that can be the case sometimes. But then the other times it could be, all right, I can see you might be struggling with this maybe join a group or mm. start doing stuff for yourself. Because a lot of people, when they become parents, stop doing things for themselves. Yeah. Which So you're changing your life dramatically already by having a baby, but then mm. you're removing things that make you feel you. Yeah, it's yeah like, for sure, yeah. How does that even make sense? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And we had a really good support base. Like um, Blake's mum, Jen, her family's amazing, still are really good, really helpful. Um, you know, my sister, my mum my were always there around helping... So we had those people there, but yeah, I suppose we didn't really, 
I still didn't, I never said to anyone, mm. fuck, I'm struggling with this. Like, this is brutal. Um, but yeah, they were still there to help. Like if we wanted to, you know, if we were, we needed a few hours off, we'd go out or, um, so they were there to help, but yeah, it was obviously, it was, it was deeper, you know, aspects to it, I suppose. Yeah. When, as we touched on, you know, you have a history without a male role model. So mm. there's going to be a natural fear in many different ways. And it will come up differently for a male, every male has been through that experience where other males might have that one to run away as well, like get away because I'm going to be a bad role model. Mm. Um, but then there's that, holy shit, like I actually just don't know what to do because yeah. I've never seen it. Mm. Um, mm. So you're, you're battling probably a lot of things that you don't even understand at the time as well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the baby starts crying and you're like, I don't even have time to deal yeah. with this because yeah. I actually need to go to them. So, I mean... We usually, I usually ask advice at the end, but what would you advise new parents, males and females, to do having been through that whole experience yourself? Use the support around you. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like I said, we had support, but we probably didn't really use it as much as we could or should have. Was it your communication again that was probably just... Um, probably, yeah. Your like fears not of- wanting to admit that I was struggling. Um, yeah, uh, just use the help that's around you. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for help because there's no shame in asking for help. I, I said this on a podcast the other day, a problem shared is a problem halved mm. very, very quickly. And it, the other person might not even actually need to say anything or do anything. If you just express it. Just getting it out. It yeah, can take, words, yeah. yeah, take a lot of pressure off your shoulders and go, Wow, what I've been thinking is actually really irrational. Yeah. I see that now. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually doing great. Yeah. All yeah. by just verbalizing it. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't get what's wrong with actually doing that in some people's eyes, but mm. if, if you can just blurt saying it. And that's what I say to sometimes my friends or family. I say, I'm going to speak, but you don't, I don't need you to say anything. Yeah. I just need to actually verbalize hear, it. And, hear the yeah. shit that's running through my yeah. head. Then we can both understand why I'm struggling, yeah. and then we can move on. And I can chat. I can sort of see I'm being an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, move absolutely. on from it without judging myself or yeah. what's happening. So, mm. um, yeah. How, what was your life like the next few years going through that and um, the evolution of family and, and changes? Um. So the so the first year was brutal. I feel like it was almost the day. Blake turned one, he was like a different kid. Mm. You know, it may not have been that way, but it just seemed like he just calmed a bit maybe. Um, And he's always been a quite a, he's very active, um, very active kid. But yeah, no, there was just something in there. He was always a really bad sleeper, struggled sleeping up until one. And then it was like, he was just, he was good. He slept all (laughs) night. We're like, what the hell's going on? Um, but then we, uh, Blake's mum and I separated when he was, yeah, two and a bit. Yeah. Not long after it was two. Um, so that had, had its challenges trying to, um, co-parent, I suppose. Yeah. Um, moving out of the house we were in and, um, yeah, then not being there every night with him was, 
and still is like I dropped him off this morning and it's still one of the hardest things you have to do is, mm. you know, you know, yeah, oh, you you should see your kids every day. You know, when they're growing up, I just feel like you know. Yeah, it's certain. Yeah, you know, you yeah. d- you shouldn't have to hand your kids over. Um, and sh- and I'm sure she, Blake's mum, has the same feeling when he comes to my place. Um, so yeah, that was that was really tough because it was. Although I think I start, I was having him overnights pretty quick. We were we were very attached as, um, when he was young, um, he did everything with me. Um. So he, I was having sleepovers pretty early with him, um, but yeah, handing him back, screaming, crying, mm. not wanting to leave, and he calmed down pretty quick because he was with his mum, so he felt safe with his mum as well. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was pretty brutal, um, which I've experienced as well with my daughter now because uh, we'll touch on it, I suppose, soon. But I went through the same thing with my daughter's mum. We, we separated a couple of times. Um, but yeah. Did you turn to coping mechanisms through that period of time or, or were they still in play? Through? After my son? Yeah. Um, no. No, I, I, well, I suppose would convince myself I'm all good. Yeah. You're all right. Um, you'll be right sort of thing. Um, yeah. No, I suppose my my fitness improved. I started, uh, that was one way of me dealing with things, I suppose, was I started running a lot to obsessive kind of <laughs> play, uh, place, uh, I suppose. Yeah, I love it because so many people are like, I do, I do running for my mental health and you can probably attest to this as well, <laughs> but it's like, and you've done a lot of work in the last 12 to 18 months, but it's mm. like, yeah, but you can actually, even the good, the healthier things can become very unhealthy. Like, yeah, yeah, very quickly. yeah. Like, yeah. you got to look at the reason for doing it. Like, a lot yeah. of people are like, go to gym because they want to lose weight. It's like, that's actually not healthy mentally. Mm. Like, physically, it might be fine, but like, yeah, you've got to be very careful with the healthier coping mechanisms. Yeah. Because yeah. they can become unhealthy quite yeah. quickly. Yeah, I was at a point where I was... I mean, and I was never a, a, a long distance runner. I was, I would, you know, run maybe six, six and a half Ks. Um, and it was at the point where I had to do it every day. And if I didn't do it, I didn't feel right. Mm. Like, so there was, there was deeper shit that was going on that you're like, Hey, there's <laughs> other stuff you got to work on, you know? Like, but yeah, I would just be like, yeah, if I have a run, I'll feel good. Yeah. But you know, then you finish the run, you feel good for an hour and it's like, what yeah. Yeah feeling pretty shit again <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go away no exactly if you, yeah if you ignore it it's still there mm, yeah even if you ignore it and suppress it it's still there yeah <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah um so you i'm next next part of it would be you met amber yeah so we'll blake would have been about four i suppose when we met um and she had, so we both got sons from previous relationships. Um, our daughter is together. Um, so the boys are similar age and we've always been quite lucky. They get on quite well. Um, they have their moments, but, um, but we're, we're very lucky that they, they really love each other and, yeah. um, yeah, love a good wrestle and 
you know. <laughs> they're, they're basically brothers. They're yeah, like, yeah. Sound, by the sounds of it, they love each other. Yeah. They have their moments. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think it was probably, I mean, just looking back with me and my brother, we used to fucking pick on each other all the time. Um, and they're not, you know, they only yesterday was the first tiff that I can remember them having was, um, my stepson Oscar had, had bowled Blake out in oh. cricket and he's like, nah, nah. He's like, you're out, you're out. And I was like, this is actually, they're getting pretty serious. And I was like, that's, I can't remember them really ever bickering at each other like that. So yeah, it's just normal kind of, yeah. you know, like any friends that have a school kind of just, just little, little tiffs. So got a little girl as well. Yeah. How old she now? She turned four in August. How's that? How's that been? How's the last five years been? <laughs> yeah, uh, roller coaster is probably like, yeah. I like just opening a can of worms <laughs> yeah. here right now. Yeah. Just, yeah. just open that can. <laughs> worms everywhere. Um, look, we're, we're really good now. The best we've ever been. It took us a long time to get there. And like something you mentioned before, um, I can't remember the exact word you said, but... Um, you said something like the the people you meet, they come into your life at the right time yep. kind of thing. Yep. And it, she came into my life at the right time. I, yeah, I suppose I was at that point where I was like, I knew that had changes had to be made, but I still sort of thought I'm all right. Mm. Um, and yeah, she, she made me realize a lot of things, a lot of things that had to happen. Um, and probably, oh, not probably. The reason we have broken up so many times is because I was still immature and um, not ready to really take ownership of my shit, I suppose. I feel like Alicia's listening to this and nodding and going, sounds like Shane a little bit. Crap, <laughs> uh, yeah. in 2019, that was probably exactly what we We broke up a couple of times, which I don't think yeah. anyone knows, so now they do. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so I'm really relating to this yeah, story yeah. yeah. Oh, look, I was a man child. And, it, and looking back, it comes back to not having a father figure around. Like, mm. you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to be a man, as they say, you know, in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think. So, Lainey coming really, and Amber says to me a lot, she softened you. She, <laughs> she cracked the shell kind of thing. Um, and I am a much better parent now and I still feel like I have a lot of growth, but she's really helped that, um, yeah, that softer side, which I don't, um, necessarily agree that, no, I don't agree at all that you need to be softer with girls mm. because, um, boys need that softness too. Whereas like we touched on before, I think as a boy, I was like, it was hold your, hold your emotions in. And I, and I admittedly did that with my son. And now I'm really like the last couple of years, I've really tried to turn that around with him and ha try and get him to open up a lot more because I, um, shut that down in him a lot as, as younger days, being a parent to him um because that's all i knew mm. you know i didn't know any different mm. um it's about changing the cycle yeah because that can get passed on and on and on yeah, so yeah 
It's, and I feel like our generation has that ability now. To, we can change and rewrite history mm. because of that natural men don't speak, men go, men go work yep. and make money, men mm. come home and dinner waiting. Yeah, or yeah, that kind yeah. of mentality where it's, it's not. And so many people are really big on equality where they want men to help out around the house and women can go to work. And I, I'm all for that. Mm. But a male should be allowed to now express his emotions and have a mental health day or mm. do these kinds of things. You know, we can't have one part of equality without having a whole lot of equality. Yeah. That, and that's where equality bugs me. Yeah. Um, but we also now have the responsibility that we can change and rewrite history in such a really positive way where boys and men can walk into the school ground and go, mum and dad had a fight last night and I don't feel right about it oh my mom and dad did that had that last week but they're okay this week and yeah. it's just that oh okay and now i feel better because you've told me that there's actually nothing to really worry about or yeah. another kid might say oh my parents split up but they're really happy mm. and i get to see dad on weekends and mum during the weekend i love that yeah and i get my own time with them so it's just if we're allowing people to have those conversations they can actually maneuver their own way through them Rather than suppressing and then, I mean, that fly has been around the yeah, whole podcast. Just, yeah. it's, been, it's been in the house for 24 hours. You can't get rid of it. It's our new pet. <laughs> um, so, back on the back on the subject. Um, so, it's, I think it's a really powerful thing you're doing. I, I hope you understand that and I hope a lot of people understand that by changing something that's even if it's one or two generations. But sometimes mm. if you if you go deep in the history of your family, you'll find it probably goes five, six, seven mm. generations back where Absolutely, yeah. It's probably and it's probably slowly changed, but it's really hard to break the cycle. It's hard to mm. break any cycle, especially seven generations. But if you can break a cycle for the next five or six, it's a bloody big mm. thing. Absolutely. Um, and that's it's not to add pressure to it, but it's to say like how good to the listener out there that's changing something that's really difficult, mm. that's what you're doing. You're not just changing you or your family. You're changing, gen- you know, you're changing the next lot of history. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is something, yeah. I'm really trying to do that with my son now. Um, yeah, he's quite closed off and not open at all. So it's, yeah, it's a struggle. Mm. It's a struggle. It's also finding that balance between allowing them to have their own privacy and yeah, absolutely. they don't have to open up about yeah, everything, yeah. but also... Just letting him know that you're there. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I suppose it's just little things you notice, like um, if I can think of an example. Um, like if, 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 just if he's kind of asked to... If he's asked simple questions... Um, you just kind of get, uh, you get like one word of answers and, um, and he's coming into that puberty stage. So it's getting, it's going to be even harder. Half a word. Oh, look, it may not have to be harder. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, um, I can't really think of a good example right now, but. I um, think people have probably got their own yeah, in their head yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. it's, it's just about him knowing that he's safe to, um, talk to us about anything, um, which I think any parent wants. I think every parent wants that. And that's all they need sometimes. That's yeah. enough. Like you don't yeah. need to always talk about things. Sometimes yeah, it's enough absolutely. just to know that someone is there. Yeah. You do. So with the daughter, your daughter and partner, like 
what was the big breaking point for you to to really start the rebuild of your life i can remember the day exactly (laughs) um so it was the day of danny frawley's funeral oh yeah and i remember listening to wayne swass's um speech have you ever heard that yeah yeah and that was just it was like he was speaking to me Mm. um i remember i think i was driving home and it was on the radio just got tingles yeah Yeah, just got tingles it um it gets me um so i remember yeah going home i was driving home from work and i think it was on the radio it must have been on triple m or something um and then when i got home so that was at a point where amber and i were separated and i was living at my mum's place um and i just i was just like oh, i'm gonna go for a run or whatever um and i remember just walking the streets just just fucking couldn't stop crying just mm. bawling my eyes out walking around just an absolute mess because it was it had been building it had been building for like the volcano bubbling yeah. away <laughs> and that was the day it was just like i remember ringing my boss um and I couldn't speak. And he's like, geez, mate, you're all right? You're right. <laughs> so I'm cooked. <laughs> I'm done, you know. Um, and he was really supportive. Um, supportive. Um, we became quite good mates um, at the old company I was working with. So um, shout out to Trav. Um, yeah, he was an incredible support. And he was a support I needed at that point too. Um, could go to him about anything. Um, so, yeah, that was the day that I was like... <clears throat> Some shit's got to change. It's got to change quick. Um, and then, yeah, ringing another mate who I know had been through a lot of um, mental struggles over the, the 10, 15 years I'd known him. Um, and he was great too. He gave me, he actually sent me the number of a psychologist that day, like within probably five or 10 minutes. And I was booked in to see someone really quickly. Um, turned out to not be the best fit for me, psychologist, but... Um, but yeah, that was the that was the point where I was like, it's, it's just it's got to stop. Like you know, it's just going to be a cycle that keeps going and going and going and going. Yeah, and like people listening probably go, yeah, these two partners, two separations, mm. two kids, two kids are two different women. Yeah, like this is this isn't a cycle that's conducive to a, a yeah very pleasant. It's going to be challenging yeah. life. So, yeah. so I'd always. Growing up was always like, I'm going to be nothing like my dad. I'm not going to be anything like my dad. I'm not going to be anything like my dad. And I was exactly the same person. <laughs> I was exactly the same person. And it's, it's strange because you don't even know what he's like or anything. But yeah. you, still, you still become that. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So well, there was 20. We didn't, we didn't speak for 20 something years. I've only just recently just uh, I've cut ties kind of. Yeah. Oh, recently. About Feb last, a year ago. Yeah. About a year, yeah. Yeah, just to set the boundary. Yeah, because it was just, you know, he was, he's still, he's me 10 years ago. Yeah. Still very immature. And, yeah. Uh, and he's, I think he's remarried with kids and all that sort of stuff. And he's got four biological kids. Um, so my brother and sister, myself, and, an, and a stepsister, and none of his biological kids speak to him. Yeah. And so you there's. You didn't want that, basically. Yeah, I didn't want that. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely didn't want that. And that's why I stayed in my kids' lives. But I still wasn't a good, mm. I wasn't a good role model. Um, I, I certainly hope I'm a lot better now. <laughs> and I'm still trying to improve that. I don't um, think, to be honest, I don't think it would be with you if you hadn't yeah, improved, cool. to be yeah, honest. Yeah, good call. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. I think she got to a point where she was like, it's done. Yeah. Um, 
And then, yeah, she'd always said to her friends, um, if he does the work, you know, then maybe. But I'd, I'd, she probably never thought I would ever do any work on myself or... Because um, I, I, I was in denial. I didn't think I had to do any work. I was like, I'm all right. I'm all good. Mm. But then, yeah, that day really, really hit. Well, it's amazing because, and I, if anyone, I might even try and find the link for that, Wayne Swanson. You might mm. need to remind me and put that in the show notes yeah, as well, well yeah. because it does deliver a message to a lot of males, especially. Absolutely, yeah. And it, I remember reading, watching it, and going, "He's talking to me yeah. as well here." Like it, if you're, a, and Wayne Swash is very good. Yeah, you know, he's been sober a long time, so. Mm. There's a, and he's got a lot of mental clarity. So when he delivers something like that, mm. that, that isn't just off the cuff. That mm. is delivered with purpose and intent for the person uh, yeah, 100%, that's yeah. going through that. Whether they're drunk at the time or just come off a three or four day bender mm. to go to hit them right between the eyes and yeah. say, you got to cut the shit because yeah. you're going to keep losing people. And it basically, that's what happened to you. Mm. It was like, if you don't change something right yeah. now, you're going to turn out to not have been in your kids' lives. Yeah. Is that, that's what it goes to. Because we were separated for seven months, Amber and I, and the whole time, I re- so it was March 2000 and... What year is that? 19? 19. 19, yeah. I left. I walked out in March 2019 um, and regretted it, but was too proud to go back. Mm. And she would, she would say to me, I remember her calling me saying, just come home. Just come home. Like, what are you doing? And I was just like, no, I can't do it. No. This is- and, and subconsciously, you probably know that if you go back, it'll just end up the same way. So it would have, yeah. Because I wasn't I wasn't thinking I had to do any work or mm. need to improve or... Oh, no, look, I, I, I did know, but I didn't know what to do. I thought I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't... You know, I was seeing a counsellor and that counsellor... Some issues around that counsellor... Um, did what any counsellor shouldn't do was probably broke code and said you shouldn't go back Mm. told me what to do um so yeah anyway we um i ended up leaving um and yeah for the next seven months was was just up and down mentally big time yeah just just horrible working a job i hated um Trying to juggle. Shout out to Trav, by the kids. way. Shout out to Trav. <laughs> Look, I loved, we used to go on a morning walk to get a coffee um, every day. And uh, so that was, that was honestly probably the highlight of my day, going mm. for a walk with him every morning at 9.15 to get a coffee. That 10 minutes having a chat was, was great. Like yeah. amazing. Yeah. I could, and I could talk to him honestly about anything. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't like the job. Um, yeah, and it could have been any warehouse job. It's just not what I wanted to do. Mm. I'm getting more into the place of what I want to do. Um, but yeah. So that that was the moment you reached out for help. Two, two, I guess two things here. The first one is we've spoke we spoke off air about both of these actually. But the first one was the fact that um, you'll make sure you. Don't just stop one psychologist if it doesn't sit fit, sit with you. Mm. So just explain that process for you through that period of time. Um, so I saw probably oh look through my life I've maybe seen on and off let's say six different counsellors or psychs. Um, 
but yeah, finding that fit, like we were saying off, off air was it's, it's like getting into a relationship, you know, you don't just find one and then just stick with it and that's it. All right. This is my wife or husband, or this is it. This is the rest of my life. This is how it's going to be. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would, I would see it as I'd, I'd, I'd do two or three sessions and if I didn't feel it, then I'd move on to another one and just kept working through trying to find that good fit. I found a really good one, um, maybe a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pre lockdown, pre the very first lockdown. Um, and he was, yeah, he was good. Um, but I feel like I was, I was at a point where I was doing more work for myself and doing, getting more results myself than I was, um, with a counselor. Yeah. Um, so I just sort of just left us not to say I'll never go back to one because I think it's important even when you think you're of sound mind and I think they're still important to go and do that work. Um, well, you, you don't go to a gym 12 months, get results and never exercise exactly again. Right, you, yeah. you still, we still do work on yourself and it's still good to get that check up. Yeah. You know, just not go back to a doctor after a heart condition, you, you yeah. check in. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So it's finding that what's yeah. right for you Yeah. in terms of that. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about not yet, but we'll talk about this soon, is your career. Now, you've just done a lot of study, which incorporates mm. a lot of helping yourself anyway. Yeah. So you probably yeah. don't need to be going out and seeing more counsellors yeah, at the moment because yeah. you're actually doing the work yeah. within that course. Anyway. I do a lot of, um, so whether we'll touch on that. Um, so yeah, so I suppose I got to the point of, with the council, I was doing a lot of more, I was doing a lot more beneficial work for myself on my own. Um, so I just sort of left the counselor at that point. And I, I think he was of the same sort of, he's like, you're doing pretty good. Maybe mm-hmm. let's just leave it for a while and see how you go. Um, but yeah, so I listened to a, a lot of podcasts, a lot of sort of self-help kind of, you know, books and personal growth sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, every day. And so what we talk, what we did speak about off air and hopefully the listeners will gravitate towards this, but um and shout out to the woke bikes podcast because this is where i got it from but if you move suburbs and you go to a pizza joint mm. and you don't like the pizza you don't just give up on pizza you find another pizza joint yeah. and it's literally the same if you don't go on the psychologist or there's not a connection you just find someone else like yeah. and we, we really had a good laugh off air about that because it's just so true and no one gives up on pizza or it's funny actually saying that i just, I just thought about then so we have this pizza joint that we absolutely love Love it. It is the best pizza I've ever eaten in my life. And they've just recently changed owners and he's not the same thing. He's not the same. We're like, fuck, where do we go now? We have to find somewhere better. Exactly. You're not going to give up. No, I'm not giving up pizza. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like so true. It's, yeah, yeah you, you don't, but it's, and I hope people, we are laughing, but take it seriously. Like, oh, 100%. Just don't, don't give up. Like, yeah. Keep trying. Like, yeah. So many people I know that are really open about their mental health have seen multiple psychologists or psychotherapists or whatever it might be. And it doesn't say that they're not saying that each one hasn't worked. They're just saying sometimes you outgrow that part of information mm. that you've, you know, or it doesn't click with you, whatever it might be. So that's that. The other part was what was the driving force between where you are now and, and where you were when you know, watch that Wayne Sauce video. Mm. What was the driving force for you? Because we've openly had discussions about how people put their reliance on other partners or getting someone back or their kids or whatever. What was your driving force? 
um, to be a better parent um, because I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, what's the right word? Uh, consciously, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I yeah. was there, but I wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the main thing was the kids. Um, and it, it wasn't my driving force, but I wanted things to work out with Amber, but it kind of, I suppose I thought it was probably done. Mm. Um, so it's an absolute bonus now that we are together and engaged and, um, going well. So what, what was the, what was the thing that allowed those things to happen? Um, well, I suppose for her, she needed to see real change in me. Um, basically you need to do the work. Yeah. I, yeah. And I knew I needed to do the work and I was doing the work. Um, but I suppose just purely speaking about us getting back together was she obviously wanted proof because I'd burnt her so many times. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, but the driving force was being, being better for the kids and for myself. I mean, I wanted to feel better. I didn't want to keep feeling, hmm. um, you know, sad and shit all the time. But it's, it's one of those things where the kids will help, help yeah. you feel better and yeah. the way you're going, you keep doing it in your life. Mm. So... Mm. it's a it is in the essence so as selfish as it might sound it was for you yeah it wasn't necessary it was for the kids but it also what just was for you because mm. you wanted them in your life yeah so you had to do the work and i find a lot and you'll probably find a lot of the next few years a lot of people outsource their happiness and are really dependent on those others mm. to help them when yeah. it's like they'll be there to help and support once you've done the shit yourself mm. But the funny thing is, once you do the shit yourself, you might not even want those people in your life. Like it's just, yeah, absolutely. thankfully you did and it's worked out really well. But mm. the reality is, like I've been in past relationships where I've worked on myself and then gone, actually, you know what, they actually treat me really poorly. Mm. But I was yep. in that relationship because I believed that I deserved to be treated poorly. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of, probably a lot more females do that with males when males treat them poorly they'll stay in a relationship because I think that's what they deserve. Yeah. Um, rather than working on themselves, then going, hey, I mean, I deserve much better than this. Self-worth, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I'm only using that as what I've mm. experienced where I'd, I had a relationship uh, with a girl who refused to leave her partner for a long time and he was physically abusive. Mm. And then when we got to the depths of it, it was because she grew up with a father who was abusive. So she thought that was what she deserved. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that was why she really struggled. And, and that's, I, no judgment. I get it. I understand. So it's, that's where my conception of that is. What, what work have you done on yourself over the last 12 to 18 months? Um, what are the things that have really kept your growth going? Um, what's kept it going, I suppose? The kids have definitely... Um, what are, the, what are the things you do daily? So what I do, monthly? so um, I suppose I go through and it's finding that what works for you. Um, so for a long time, every day it was meditating, um, cold showers, um, running, 
Shout, um, shout out to Wim Hof. Shout out to Good Wim Hof. Good listens yeah. to the show. Yeah. He must listen to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his yeah. ice bark, he'll be listening. <laughs> Long time listener. <laughs> um, big fan of the show. Yeah. Hopefully first time caller soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cold showers, which I'm I'm back into now. I, I stopped for a little bit and um, missed it, actually. Which sounds strange. Jumping into a cold it is shower. quite, yeah, quite painful. Yeah. And dis- it's uncomfortable. And living in the hills, far out, the pipes <laughs> in the hills. Oh man, <laughs> brutal. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm getting back into that. Meditating, I haven't really, I haven't done as much. I suppose I do more breathing work now, I guess. Um, but a lot of podcasts, I listen to a lot of podcasts um, and audio books. Um, Actually, one one person who I Amber and I joke about, I call him Dad. Now is David Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'll listen to I'll listen to a you know podcast or something, you know, just say, oh, I just had a just had a call with Dad. <laughs> you know, when you're needing that little, you know, you you you've been a bit of a like he called a bit of a poopy pants. Um, <laughs> you know, you need that just a bit of a a rev up or whatever. You know, I'll just put that on. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's really not that bad. You know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just, I just listened to a book. I've listened to it a few times now in the last couple of weeks called The Un- Untethered Soul. Yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, it. Incredible. It's in, uh, it's in my workplace on yeah. the shelf. It's one of the books that's amazing. on the list. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. It's really, um, I suppose, changed the way I'm thinking about a lot of things now as well. Um, I think they call it, a, I think it's called a spiritual, um, spiritual growth book or it's spiritual it's, awakening spiritual awakening yeah but i, I mean it's, i feel it's just personal growth it's hmm. um yeah so i've been listening to that a lot um but yeah just podcasts um um i've just finished as we spoke about um doing becoming an nlp practitioner um so i did that study the end of last year um which is yeah led me to starting the coaching journeyman coaching when when was the first time you got interested in coaching when when did you go i think this is for me um i've always been interested in helping um but haven't really known how that's Mm. in what way that's what path that's been down um so it was yeah probably only middle to look around August, probably. Um, I had a friend do this training and I'd never heard about it before. Mm. And then, yeah, speaking more and then doing some, um, myself as a client with her, um, was like, shit, this is pretty cool. This is, I think this might be the path I want to take. So the business is journeyman coaching. The journeyman so, coaching. Yeah. Journeyman journey coaching. coaching. Yeah. So you've got social media, people can follow you. Yep. I'll put the links in the show notes as well for that. Um, what is it? What is NLP? Because I, I'm doing hypnotherapy. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of naysayers and all these yeah. things and we, we get it. And it's actually, we actually get taught in the course. I don't know if you get taught in your course, but we actually get taught how to answer questions for people who are really don't non-believers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what is NLP at it, the it, it, base of it or what is it and how um, can it help people? So it's neuro-linguistic programming, um, which neuro uh, is the mind-body, the mind-body connection. Um, 
the, the linguistic is the language, the language we use, the way we speak to ourselves, um, the language other people use. Um, and then our programming is, is like our, our view of the world. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, there's hypnotherapy involved. Um, so it's, it's basically speaking to the unconscious mind, subconscious mind to, um, yeah, to, to reprogram, um, to, to get rid of limiting beliefs, negative beliefs. Um, yeah, clear blocks. Um, I think that's a really, really valid point that I like to raise is that all of this stuff isn't to change or make someone a chicken or anything like mm. that. This is, this is about, as you said, changing limiting beliefs that we've grown up with. And, and yep. limiting beliefs aren't things we deliberately go out to get there. As we sort of mentioned before, if someone's grown up in an abusive relationship, they'll continue that because they, that's what they think they deserve. Mm. So you're breaking through the limiting belief that you don't deserve something. So yep. it's, it's really helping someone gain confidence and clarity within, because we all deserve every, happiness and yep. confidence and all of this stuff. We, we, we should think we are good enough because we are all good enough. 100%, yeah. But when there's a limiting belief that says we're not, we'll sabotage things. Yep. Welcome, sure. welcome to what we've done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking that's me. <laughs> welcome to what we've done. And yeah. it comes simply from... a a subconscious unconscious belief that we're not yeah. good enough yeah we consciously are aware that we actually are but we don't believe it mm. so that's what we're changing yep absolutely how excited are you about it all yeah very excited yeah yeah i'm pretty pumped um like i've been through it as a client like i said so i i i know the differences it can make and i i know how much it's helped me and i've seen how much it helps other people so yeah i really believe in it um yeah yeah pretty excited yeah what when you went through it yourself what was that experience like what what changes happened within your life following that um so i worked around um so the main things we work around as a practitioner is anger sadness fear hurt and guilt and then something else i worked on was jealousy because that's something i've always really struggled with um and yeah so you go back you go back through your your timelines and you you go back into childhood and um, and clear the blocks. Um, try and narrow down. You narrow down in, on the on the uh, on the moment that these things kind of you know happened and where your belief was changed. Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. Where or you decided. Yeah, where yeah, where you decided that. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm not worthy. Like, oh yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, um, that was a lot of the stuff that I, um, worked on. Um, and you can actually clear phobias through it. So spiders has always been something that I'm fucking terrified of, was terrified of. Um, and I didn't go into to NLP as a client thinking I want to, I don't, I want to get rid of this fear. Um, but yeah, I just they don't they don't really scare me anymore. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it just just happened. Yeah, it's um, and I know I probably know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. But when you're going back to these childhood memories, yep. I'm, I'm just trying to think of exactly what I was gonna say. But you're going back to these childhood memories where 
they could be so small. So, for example, a really simple example, a boy trips over at four years old and has a graze on his knee. What's he usually told? Wipe the gravel off and you're get, right. get on with it. You're, no, you're right. right. You're right. <laughs> so what that does is that imprints this, you've got to be right no matter what happens mm. with pain. So physical, mental, whatever pain, it's all, pain is pain. Mm. All, all pain is actually psychological. Mm. People, I, mean, I think people don't care. They're like, oh, no, my arm hurt. That's a psychological symptom. Like mm. it's been shot back through the nervous system, yep. which people don't get. But so as soon as you're told as a four-year-old boy, get up, get on with it, wipe away the tears, that's a limiting belief you take forever. Crying is bad, sadness is bad, I'm allowed to be sad. Or um, two kids playing and one of the kids takes the other kid's toy and you get angry. Don't be angry. They, they don't know. You know. All of a sudden, you're shooting down it. So the question is, <laughs> is that kind of what you do? Is you change those moments? Like, see them, allow them to see those moments as an adult, really, rather than a, a three-year-old or a four-year-old. Yeah, it's clearing the, the emotions around that um, and helping you to believe that you are. You, you are worthy or, you know, whatever that feeling they're having around that moment. Um, so just for an example, one of mine, um, I think I was grade two or something and I had a, so we we're cutting the, you know, like a swirl kind of, we we're cutting the lines, like, like a snake kind of yeah. curled up, cutting the lines around and I cut through the wrong line and the teacher goes, you're a fucking idiot. How do you, you know, you can't, can't you do anything right sort of thing and that had has stuck with me all through my life mm. and that i've only just cleared like you know not feeling like i'm worthy of anything i can't do anything right kind of thing um so yeah that's that's sort of the stuff we do clearing 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 blocks and clearing the emo the negative emotions around situations i, I think the funny thing is we all we all have these mm. every one oh. of us has yeah. would have a couple because 100 as a kid you can't control what other people say and your if it's repeated, you, you start to believe it more and more. Especially when you're a, when you're a kid, those impressions, you know, those that's imprinted into your mind. Um, yeah, mm. and your body, like yep. anxiety, fear, and mm. yeah, all that. It's, it's it's very powerful, and I, it's funny how people are like, oh, you know, you should be strong enough. It's like well, you don't understand how powerful your mind is at actually going the other way as well. Like mm. when you say something that's putting someone down, especially as a kid, like. Mm. It's, and it's not to say walk around giving everyone participation medals like they do now. I, I still don't believe in that. Mm. But I also just don't believe that you need to be putting kids down. Like you, yeah. there's, there's ways of doing yeah. that. Um, you know, let them cry, let them go angry, like all of that kind of mm. thing. Uh, I remember in hospital, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, but one of my mates in there got really angry because uh, someone walked in his room and he had a few things stolen. Mm. And he got really angry, he was punching a pillow. And a couple of lady nurses were like, you can't do that, you can't do that. And you know, he's in the mental health clinic, like he's clearly got some issues going mm. on. And then the male nurse told the female nurses to go and leave the room and he went in there and he gave him. So he's punching the chair. The male nurse came, walked over calmly, grabbed the pillow, put the pillow on the chair mm. and said, don't hurt yourself while you do this. Yeah. Or, or don't hurt others while you're doing this. And it... The sand went down because he was punching something softer. Yeah. It wasn't hurting his hands. It wasn't as scary. And it was like yeah. he was allowed to be angry. And I walked up and because he ended up leaving the room and he was, he was getting his meds before bed and I just put my arm on his shoulder and I said, you know what, you're actually allowed to be angry. And in that moment, his shoulders dropped. Mm. 
he didn't say anything. I, all I needed to do was say, you're allowed to be angry. Yeah. Because we have this thing, you're not allowed to be angry. Yeah. You're not allowed to be upset. You're not, so consciously, I hopefully, but I hope that subconsciously got to him mm. in that moment, whether it did or not, I don't know. But because what happens when we think we're not allowed to do stuff? And I, I've had a recent incident where I got angry and did something that was a bit out and all my mates, you know, got like, you can't do that. and very judgmental. I get where they're coming from, but... I'm allowed to be angry at something. Like, why mm. am I not allowed to be angry? So it's like, doesn't accuse my behaviour. That's what I did and shouldn't have done. Um, but it's the way we approach these situations. Mm. Yeah, you're allowed to be angry, mate, but there's a better way to do it. And here's what next time. Offer a suggestion. Yeah, that's it. I think it's just releasing those emotions in a healthy way um, mm. and not hanging on to it. Mm. Um, part, yeah. part of the reason I'm signed up to do some boxing this year yeah, it's yeah. just to allow myself in that yeah, cool. moment to just let's release yeah, yeah. which is a, a fantastic thing to do but you've also got to, you can't just that can't be the only way you've got to have other ways of mm. managing it and stuff like that so uh is there anything you'd like to add to the chat um any advice any advice for any young steve whites out there uh i'm thinking of one person right now uh just, just, just speak out. Like, you know, what your slogan, I should know it. Speak out, speak out. Speak out, speak out. Just, there's no shame in it. Just, you know, for a long time, I, 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 yeah, bottled it in, kept it down. Um, and it got to, it got to, look, I look at that day as it, it was the lowest point of my life, but it was the best day of my life because I was able to really realize that I needed help um, and and set me on the path of where I am now. So, um, yeah, while I say it was my lowest point, it was, you know, the best day. So, yeah, just 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 speak out. Just just speak up. Just speak out. Just speak out, speak out, speak out, speak out. <laughs> um, yeah. Ready? Yeah, that's it. All right. I just want to say thanks for joining me today. It was a pleasure. We're about to go hit a round of golf, nine holes, potentially 18, depends on how many <laughs> balls we lose. Yeah. Um, and I will add, I actually didn't add this in my last podcast. I actually got a hole in one. Um, oh, I saw that. Christmas yeah, Eve, nice so, one. Um, I actually don't have anything else more to achieve in life. <laughs> <laughs> that was done. Um, hey, but, you're having a kid. But Yeah, I am having a kid. Um, so, yes. Um, but the funny thing was, and I just will end on this, is Got a hole in one on this hole on the 24th. Played the same hole two days later and teed off and put it in the water. <laughs> teed off and put it in the bunker and then went from bunker to bunker. <laughs> ended up with like a seven or eight or nine or something. So it's amazing how quickly things can yeah, end Straight back down. <laughs> and if you live in this expectation that everything's good or everything's bad, you're not actually seeing the reality of the mm. world. And in two days, I saw how reality likes to play itself out you can go from yeah. zero to zero very quickly. So it's really good to embrace the moment. I tell you what I did. I ran around the whole lock and absolute lunatic. So you should. Um, but yeah, you very, very quickly can get brought back yeah. to it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll end on that. And um, yeah, as I said, um, the journeyman coaching, um, I'll share all the links. And if you resonate with the story at all, or if you have any you know, limiting beliefs, you know, sabotages, I think a lot of these limiting, limiting beliefs probably come out in sabotage kind of ways, whether it be relationships, whether it be weight, whether it be 
food, whether it be friends, whether it be work. If you've got any of this stuff, please reach out um, and jump on board, do a little bit of um, work on healing yourself and just, there's, in the end, there's nothing to lose, I would say. There's, there's really nothing to lose, um, but everything to gain. And, yep. Um, yeah, so reach out. Thanks again for listening. And if anyone has any questions or um, feedback or anything, please subscribe, please like, please follow, please share. My dogs have just seen something and I feel like they're going to buck in the podcast. So I will end it now by saying bye. Speak up, speak out, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Power, Strength, and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. If anything in this podcast has brought up difficult feelings, please call Lifeline on 13-1144. For any further information, or if you want to bring your story to life, contact Shane at shane at vitalityfit.com.au. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y-F-I-T-T dot com dot A-U.